Hi, film lovers. Hi, Timmy C. Stans. This is our very casual and very low stakes podcast where we talk about film and other things. This is Take, take Two. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we'll be、um, introducing ourselves, introducing our podcast, introducing why any of this exists.、Um, What more is there to say? I think that that covers yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. And podcast. All right, <laughs> let's get into it.、Um, so, how do we know each other, Angie? What is your side? <laughs> Wait, should we introduce ourselves first? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Right,、okay. right. Cut, 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 cut. Okay. <laughs> so I'm Richard. Richard Chen. I'm Angie. <laughs> introduce yourself, Angie first. Lin. <laughs> Richard's worst、um, half. Oh my gosh! Stop.、Um, I'm currently based in Philadelphia.、Um, I'm currently working as a medical scribe. Woo! And going to medical <laughs> school next year.、Um, I'm originally from Honolulu, Hawaii,、um, and I went to Penn for undergrad. I love playing volleyball. It's my favorite sport. Big high Q stan. Oh,、uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. Not as much as a lot of like anime people, but I, I enjoy it a lot. Yes, I. Really like music. Maybe if you guys leave enough good feedback, you know, enough positive affirmations, Richard will eventually record our own intro intro song. That's hilarious. Absolutely yeah, not. What、um. a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> All right.、Um, I'm Angie. I'm a graduate from Penn, just like Richard, same class. But right now, I'm living in New York. Although I'm originally from Minnesota, I'm an analyst at a bank. <laughs> Um, and I make Excel's all day. I've been reading a lot. I'm currently reading a book called Empire of Pain, which is about the opioid epidemic. So super, super happy、wow. vibes, right? And then I also started playing soccer last summer, which is super fun. Although I'm quite bad.、Um, Are you drinking? <laughs> I am. I'm drinking a Brooklyn East IPA. Uh, delicious, hoppy, and refined. I didn't get the memo、good. that we were a.、Uh, Doing this semi semi buzzed. I'm not buzzed. It's just a beer, but you can get one if you want, just to loosen up. <laughs> I don't think I have any, so I'd have to resort to stealing from my roomies. Yikes. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, we can talk about like how this all started. Richard, you were the brainchild of this whole operation.、So. A brainchild.、Right. Okay,、uh, let me give you some context. For me, at least. Oh my gosh, I'm burping because I have this beer in my <laughs> hand. But、uh, I live a boring life. Just started work, and I felt like I needed a creative outlet, and I found movies always to be a creative outlet for me. And what better way to really experience film with a fellow film lover right here, <laughs> Con- film connoisseur, future film critic, letterboxed、uh, a-, a connoisseur, you know, all of the all of the things. Yeah, I guess、I'm、that's、dead. that's sort of my intention. But <laughs> you're hyping me up a lot.、Um... Oh my gosh, you are it though. My side of the story is a little bit less exciting. Richard asked me if I want to do a podcast. I was like, "Sure, let's do it." Not thinking it was actually serious, but here we are. Yeah, we go way back, don't we? All the way back to night two of NSO, which was our school's new student orientation. I think I met Richard en route to a night out at the frat parties. We know and,、uh, it, yes. Yeah, he really knew how to <laughs> throw down on the dance floor. Oh gosh, stop exposing me! <laughs> I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> But, <laughs> yikes! I think 
we both sort of learned that we liked movies at a certain point. Ever since, I feel like we've always just kept each other updated on like movies and we'd always talk about that. I feel like we, we were good outlets for each other in terms of our more pretentious interests. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. We both like were able to like delve into these pretentious films together. Yikes. Although disclaimer, <laughs> this this is not a pretentious podcast. Uh, like the intro <laughs> says, this is very casual. I mean, Richard might be more on the like the art house side, but I oh fully uh, self identify as a film bro, a film Chad. Um, in terms of what Take Two is going to look like moving forward, uh, Take Two being named Take Two because we're not the type of people to get it right on the first take or something along those lines. We haven't figured it hey, out. Um, yeah. It's going to be maybe a monthly podcast or more more likely than not. We'll just film it whenever we want to. Um, and then mm-hmm. we'll have random topics that perhaps correlate with what's going on in the movie world, such as Oscars when the nominations come out. And we'll also invite guests like you. To hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> People bring in so much to like a movie going experience and I think it would be really cool for us to explore that with our friends and to understand them even more deeply through film. And so I guess that's our intent. And so if you want to join us, if you want to uh, talk about film with us, please hit us up. Uh, we are down. Yeah. <laughs> when we have uh, a guest or a friend on, they're going to come prepared with maybe three films that are their favorite or three films that have just impacted them somehow. And then we'll just go mm-hmm. through it and talk with them and learn more about them. Um, But since we don't have any guests today, and since this is our inaugural episode, um, we're just going to do that with ourselves. We're going to talk about our favorite movies slash impactful movies. Yes. Just to kick us off. Oh, do you want to do a disclaimer? (laughs) Yes. Just because we have these opinions about these films, I think these are our opinions, and you may not share them. You may have opposite opinions, but that's okay. That's, That's how movies are, and feel free to talk to us about these movies that we bring up and, and let us know your thoughts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're not film experts. We're not even film majors, not even film minors. So what we say is really just whatever we're pulling out of our brain. <laughs> but if you don't exactly. like what we have to say, uh, you can just turn turn this off. There's so many other film podcasts. Ugh, but <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Yikes. Nah, just kidding. Okay. So let's get into it. Let's get into our first film. And uh, my first film that was actually the most impactful film in my life is Call Me By Your Name. And um, this movie is where me and Angie actually started like talking about movies. Take two origin story. There you go. Take two origin <laughs> story. Um, <laughs> I'll give some context as to why this movie was really important to me. Um, so in freshman year, I was just going through freshman year things, right? Trying to figure out who I am. Uh, one winter break, um, I spent a a few weeks indoors because it was snowing in New York um, with one of my friends. And during that time, we had nothing to do. So we just watched movies. We would watch movies all day. And that sort of got me into the movie world. I found that like this movie, this uh, queer movie called Call Me By Your Name, was really popular and so i was like hmm i want to watch this you know essentially i watched it um and i realized that i was gay after watching it uh, <laughs> it was a uh, quite an awakening experience i must say and i think like carrying that like 
baggage and to like finally like recognize and realize oh this is like my truth this is a truth in my life like was super powerful and i think that's when i first realized what the uh power of cinema was like how this movie this this two hour long movie uh could influence me in such a way that would change the entire trajectory of my life after that, I was like in a haze for like two weeks, not knowing what the heck to do with myself. But <laughs> And I couldn't stop talking about it with anyone. And eventually, I came upon um, Angie and she also watched it. Tell me about your experience uh, regarding that. I'm trying to like remember this timeline because there's a lot of pieces that you bring up that I actually like, this is my first time hearing about. And just to preface... Big fan of Sufjan Stevens during high school because I was a little bit mm. or a lot of bit depressed back then. And he was just, he was my go-to man. And when I found out he was going to be doing the soundtrack for this film, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to see this. This was like way before my whole like, Timothy Chalamet obsession. So don't oh come gosh. for me if you're saying I watched it just for a pretty boy. I didn't. <laughs> they had like a early premiere in new york city so i watch it with two of my high school buddies i I thought it was beautiful um but i know we watch it together spring of freshman year in theaters yes yes ritz yes at the ritz um Mm -hmm. (laughs) we went together i don't know how it was planned but we wanted to watch it together in theaters and i i I definitely cried in that (laughs) next to angie It was too dark. I I didn't see. You're fine. Oh, you didn't know? Yikes. I just outed myself. Okay. Maybe I just like blacked out the memory of you like sniffling next to me. No, it's okay. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it didn't happen. Oh, gosh. So this movie is directed by Luca Guadagnino. Uh, He's an Italian director who directed a bunch of other very sensual movies. Uh, It was based on a book by Andre Asaman of the same name. And the person who wrote the screenplay for this is James Ivory, who's a uh, well-known queer director, writer. But essentially, this movie is set in Italy in 19-whatever-is. I forget. Essentially, it follows this uh, 17-year-old boy, you know, very talented, very gifted musically, and has a wonderful life, you know, in this Italian countryside. Up comes this uh, graduate student uh, just to spend the summer researching and doing archaeology and uh, Timothy Chalamet's character, the 17-year-old, eventually um, has a thing with Army Hammer's character, this grad student. And we sort of follow them as they sort of navigate their relationship in the scenery of the Italian countryside. Yeah. Was there like a specific scene or just mood or line in the film that really like triggered your whole inward evaluation process? Yeah. Honestly, I didn't really feel much of it until I got to the end. It's a very simple scene. It's a one shot, a long take. In the background plays the Sufjan Stevens songs. Mm, Sufjan um, Stevens. That's quite affecting, I must say. But uh, <laughs> it came upon me what I just like felt in this movie. I think that was the scene, the very ending, that really like pushed me over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like other people would like recognize different scenes in the movie. There's a monologue scene that's quite powerful, I would say, uh, between um, El- Elio um, and Elio's father. Um, but that last scene really like affected me deeply. Yeah. <laughs> Visions of Gideon trauma. Visions of Gideon. Is it a video? Is it a video, Angie? I don't know. Is it? 
<laughs> I feel Wherever like I when I first met you freshman year, um, like you were super fun to hang out with, but you you had like a much harder time opening up. And I remember like that one time we were hanging out with one of my freshman year roommates. You had brought up that, oh, I like don't really like to think that deeply or like I don't really like dwell on those emotions. But I feel like since then, like it's been a handful of years, you're much more introspective. You're like much more um willing to talk about like these sides of yourselves i'm not gonna say like call me by your name was the catalyst but <laughs> it perhaps marked the beginning of a, a character shift I, honestly it was the catalyst i would say so because mm-hmm. <laughs> in high school i went through it like head empty no thoughts <laughs> like i i did not think i was just like going along with things and um you know i i got into pen and i was like that was a plan and so i think because of that i was just like floating through life without really thinking about things mm-hmm. and then like beginning of freshman year was very like wild and very like uh i'm floating and figuring it out i didn't really have a space to really confront a lot of deep things in my heart that were there i think watching this movie really unlocked a part of me that really desired to learn about emotion um Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cute i guess but (laughs) (laughs) yeah although it hasn't aged that well i guess um it still holds a very deep part uh, in my heart yeah (laughs) he who shall not be named Mm -hmm. mr cannibal mr cannibal Ooh, yikes Uh, tragic (laughs) if you guys don't know what we're talking about just look up army hammer You'll, you'll see what yeah yeah um to talk about the movie itself it's super simple you just watch life go by i hope that resonates with you guys um but yeah <laughs> two thumbs up for calling by your name actually four thumbs yeah. up from richard and me all right, all right. so, so your movie? <laughs> yeah <laughs> These are not really my top three favorite films, but they're just three films that have had some sort of impact on me. And this is also bringing me back to freshman year. Um, but it's The Dark Knight by Christopher Nolan. I don't even think Dark Knight is my favorite Nolan film, but I feel like it's really what unlocked, I guess, like my f- love of film. In some sense, similar to Richard, but perhaps in a much more emo way, I was a little bit head head empty what was the head empty no thoughts head empty no thoughts actually head empty sad thoughts oh repressed emotions i don't know we're not gonna get into it um (laughs) and i did watch a Mm -hmm. lot of movies um especially like starting in high school when i learned how like pirate stuff that opened up a whole new world for me yikes Um, (laughs) oh yeah we don't endorse pirating here we um. we don't we don't watch your content via uh, legal means that support the artists anyways that aside um, uh, I spent a lot of my high school years watching a lot of movies I'd say mostly for escapism mostly for just like some quick entertainment and it's not that I didn't process what I was watching it was just something to keep my mind off just keep my mind on things but when I came to college I was in a dorm that actually had a film program super easy way to like bump up your gpa so i was like hell yeah um and the first film that i watched through that program in gregory college house was the dark knight if you haven't seen the dark knight what what are you doing like this is like the most popular film out there not at richard who just watched it a week ago who just watched it (laughs) yesterday no two days ago (laughs) 
It's okay. You're finally on the bandwagon. Yeah, this is like the quintessential film in which superhero movies took a more serious turn. So I guess quick background. It's Batman v. Joker. It's Michael... Christian Bale. Why did I say Michael? Christian Bale. It's Christian yes. Bale and may he rest in peace, Heath Ledger as the Joker. So very iconic performances. Um, and like I said, at the time when this came out, most superhero movies were thought of as more like silly, lighthearted. So all y'all that are watching like the Joker now, all y'all that are waiting for like the new Batman, the Dark Knight paved the way for those anyways when we after we had watched this film everyone started like discussing it and i just feel like that that first like conversation we had post film just really opened my eyes to what film could be right film could be education um similar to richard's experience like film can give you the words to process your own life that you might not be able to come up with yourself and yeah film is entertainment too film can be escapism but it's so much more than that yes yes since then beyond just like me finding more healthy ways to like cope with things i've been able to appreciate movies more as an art form or as a social commentary or or whatnot so the dark knight was my uh my paradigm shift so to speak okay um i just watched this film two days ago so still processing (laughs) i think no yeah yeah i think this is a really good movie you know it's super well done super well made Mm -hmm. it talks about morality a lot and like what is you know what is moral and and what do we stick by and i just had a lot of fun with this movie um (laughs) you guys you need to watch this this is mandatory watching even though i just watched it two days ago but (laughs) i feel like people crap on chris nolan a good amount just because he's like film chat epitomized but the dark knight's just like so solid you know it it touches on like philosophy it touches on morality um ethics and whatnot but not in a super like highbrow academic way it's like digestible and it's like fun you know we can't all be watching like synecdoche new york or call me by your name Nah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so we're going to take a break right now. Um, go get something to drink. Eat a little nibble of food or stretch it out a bit. But right before we cut, here's some food for thought. Quick question. Would you rather live in the crime-ridden Gotham City or be a closeted gay? Find out what we think after the break. <laughs> Welcome back from your break. I hope you are well hydrated. Richard, so our would you rather question, what's your take? Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd rather be in crime-ridden Gotham City. You know, I'd just be like a simple person on the side, not go outside, you know. And uh, I'm going to be friends with Batman. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to be a closeted gay again. Nope. I guess it's my turn to be a closeted gay because I basically live in crime-ridden New York City. Mm, I'll just go through some intense internal turmoil and reckoning. Oh, no. You don't want that. Okay. You know, I'm here for you. (laughs) (laughs) DM us your responses. We are very curious. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Okay. 
So moving on. Right. Richard's movie number two. Yes. yes. And that movie is Your Name. Woo! Okay. I know this is very, like, different than a lot of movies that, like, I usually would watch and may be surprising, but this movie was really impactful to me, I think. It's about uh, a guy in Tokyo and a girl in the countryside of Japan and how their lives are sort of interconnected. Essentially, they swap bodies. We're taken on this beautiful adventure on how their sort of relationship um, shapes the world essentially Ooh, but um uh, i was home for the holidays i heard about this film because a lot of my friends are weebs um and so they're like oh my gosh kimi no nawa like such a great <laughs> kimi no nawa is the japanese name for this movie but they just loved it and they would always talk about it and people would simp after it i'm like okay i gotta watch it at this point and so i rented it on amazon um and uh, i watched it and I watched it again because I had nothing to do and I had it for a few more days and I watched it I think a total of like three or four times. Even though it's an animated, 2D animated film, uh, it's just so beautifully realized. Theme-wise, it was really uh, important for Makoto Shinkai, the director, to really express this idea of yearning and yearning for something that you don't know and I feel like I really resonated with that. I mean, oh my gosh, all three of my movies are about yearning. Yikes. But <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about, about what, I don't right. know. What does it Wait, say about me? But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just in a constant state of wanting something. But anyways, <laughs> uh, um, there's so much comedy, there's so much heart, and there's so much uh, suspense too. It's hard not to fall in love with this. And I'll, although there are, yeah, people can say there, there are like faults in this movie. It can be like melodramatic at times, maybe. For me, it was very easy to let those things go because of how captivating the story was. And oh, the music, the music was so good. The music really drew me in as well. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> those are your thoughts. Your yeah. name, super fan. I, I like your name. I watched it a few years ago over break and I think it was really late at night. So I was like simultaneously lying sideways on my bed about to fall asleep, oh, gosh. but also oh. with like tears trailing out of my eyes. So you know oh, how it be. Okay. I, oh. I will say like, if you haven't seen Makoto Shinkai, oh my gosh, his animation is nuts. It's beautiful. Yes. If you haven't seen, what is it? Five centimeters per second. Um, I watched it recently and I really liked it. I liked it more than your name. Um, but okay. I'd say yearning is like the predominant theme. Liking it more than your name is maybe more of a hot take. So take that with a grain of salt. It's a very hot take, you know? Your name is <laughs> universally lauded to be Makoto Shinkai's masterpiece. But <laughs> I feel like a lot of people listening to this have already watched it. But, um, <laughs> if just you know that it, richard is there with you he's actually I'm, a secret weeb no i'm not i literally am not a weeb you know i mean i've been watching a lot of japanese movies recently mm. but i do not watch anime the only anime i watch is haikyuu okay so stop <laughs> okay and your name and i made you watch wolf children because i'm gonna talk about wolf children next <laughs> yes wolf children Woo, let's talk about it okay all right, um, this is actually one of my favorite movies, although I do love you, Dark Knight. Another famous classic Japanese animator, Mamoru Hosoda, probably butchered that. I have always loved animation. Um, 
I'm sure we can go into like a full-on discourse about this prior to a different episode because people yeah. constantly be undermining the form of animation, saying that it's for mm-hmm. like kids or it can't tell complex stories. But your name, Wolf Children, proves it wrong. Um, I did sadly have a weeb phase um, that oh, I guess Richard really? was wow. lucky enough to escape. Yeah, no, I, I it, it's like very <laughs> deeply buried, and I like didn't bring it up very often <laughs> at school. But, like, I was a huge weeb. <laughs> Did you express it in your, like, clothes? Or, like, oh uh, wallpapers and stuff, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I try to keep a lot of it to myself. Oh, I do have um, an Attack on Titan sweater from freshman year of high school, but I never wore that out in public, so, you okay, know. Okay, wow. There's a lot of deep-seated, like, things there. <laughs> right. It's my own deep-seated trauma, but to a much yes. lesser degree, a much lesser societal degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Wolf Children, very simple story. This college student named Hana, she meets this this man and they fall in love. Uh, but plot twist, he's a wolf man. Anyways, they fall in love and they have two kids. This is essentially the story of how Hana raises those two kids who have both human and wolf in them coming of age it's a coming of age story with um a lot to say about like family as well um and i think i always gravitate to family um films but here wolf children is um a more a more loving and tender take um in which a mother kind of guides her children to be who they who they really are (laughs) but i know you watched it recently as well richard yes so i watched this a week ago there are so many things i want to say about it first of all there's a scene a very distinct scene where it's the wolf and hana together and in bed and it's hilarious i couldn't help myself but laugh i I don't know if that's a spoiler i mean okay we know that they have children so but it's just like it's so funny but, you know, I, I, I think your immediate gut reaction is to laugh. I was thinking about this. Maybe I'll probably cut this off. <laughs> okay, say it, say it, say it. I, I literally was, like, thinking about this. I was like, um, what makes bestiality, right? In my mind, bestiality is wrong because, like, animals don't have, like, a say. Like, they, they don't have, like, the similar levels of consciousness mm. in the same way, like, mm-hmm. an adult versus a child is, like, wrong because of, like, I the see. dynamic, right? Yeah, maybe it's bestiality, but I don't find anything like ethically wrong about what happened because yeah. he he could consent. He's of a functioning adult brain. She's also mm-hmm. has a functioning adult brain. Um, sometimes he just like morphs into a wolf by they doing the dirty. You know, that's <laughs> that's just how it happens in this world. Oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, apparently, <laughs> right. apparently that was my tangent. Well, it talks a lot about parenting and in raising kids very little means um and you know hana really wants to protect her kids and doesn't want harm to come upon them and doesn't want them to be ostracized slowly but surely you see her sort of let go like relinquish her control um Mm -hmm. and i think that's a beautiful sort of somewhat how a parent you know lets go gracefully understandably in a difficult manner but Mm -hmm. um and also, like, this idea of, like, finding one's path and identity. Super cool. I think that resonates with anyone. I think that really resonated with me. I can see why Angie really liked it. <laughs> For you, uh, how was it, like, 
impactful? Like why, why is it like one of these movies that are most impactful to you? Oh, I feel like I'd have to do some, uh, some digging. Cause I first saw this maybe in early high school, maybe when I was like 13 or 14. Wow. Um, and I remember like, being really moved by it it allowed me to appreciate parenting and my parents in in motherhood especially in a way that perhaps was not very natural for me as a teenager as a very angsty teenager may i add clearly yeah <laughs> also i watched bell yesterday and i really loved it so you should watch it it's very good I will. I was very affected by it. Yeah, you said you almost sobbed multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> I was surprised. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, Moving on. This is my last impactful film. Uh, and as of now, it's my favorite movie of all time. Um, so and this roll? is... <laughs> 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 that was not even a drum roll. That was like a, a sad a horn of some sort. Um, but <laughs> My favorite movie is Fallen Angels by Wong Kar Wai. Woo! Wow. I'm so niche, um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a collection of stories, and we sort of like follow all these characters roaming around Hong Kong. Uh, this movie takes place at night entirely, honestly. And there's a man who is mute. Richard thinks he's cute. Yeah, he's pretty attractive, I must say. But <laughs> during night, a lot of these like the stores throughout Hong Kong are closed. And so in order to like make a living for himself, he goes into these stores and opens them up like without their owner's permission. And he's quite crazy, I must say. <laughs> Another character is this woman um, who essentially is employed by this hitman. This woman um, helps him out by like scoping out scenes for him uh, she also cleans his house for some reason, and she's also in love with him. So yearning. Yearning. There's a lot of yearning here. A lot of it. Um, and the hitman is also a very prominent player in this. He does his thing. Um, and then within that, there are a bunch of periphery characters that are so interesting and so like like weird. These are people you normally not meet in real life. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yes. This is Hong Kong at night. During the day, you will not see them on the streets. We see how all of these characters sort of intertwine. We sort of see their their lostness in, in this uh, city landscape. For me, when I, I came into this movie, I was sort of going through like a, I want to step outside of the US bubble and like learn about movies outside of that. I had just finished taking a film studies class at Penn where I was exposed to a bunch of international cinema. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> so I went on Criterion channel. I got the free trial and I instantly watched Fallen Angels. And I came out of it feeling really like stunned, honestly. I think underlying all of that like stylistic stuff that Wong Kar Wai puts in there, I found a heart to the movie, especially at the end, that I, I, I was surprised by. It caught me off guard. Um, and... I had to really sit and think about this movie for a while because um, it sort of explores this idea of lostness and um, and all these characters are sort of lost in their own way. This movie is also in Cantonese and I'm a Cantonese speaker and so it was a little bit of a homecoming for me. Cantonese just like fills me with warmth in my heart. 
Yeah, I really love this movie. There's so many vibes. It's frenetic. Um, but yeah, what are your That's thoughts, Angie? No, frenetic <laughs> is the perfect word. Literally like, literally like six seconds into it, I literally thought the word frenetic. A lot of the things are shot at this like weird tilted angle or yes. they use like the super ultra wide lens so that people, it's almost like fisheye where like people's faces are like super close to you. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's it's less about like a particular plot and more about like the vibes, but the vibes like do stack up to something to this like general sense of aimlessness. Prior to Fallen Angels, I think I had only seen In the Mood for Love. I also watched Ashes of Time for for a class I took, but that movie oh, was just so weird. So we're not gonna get into it. But like In the Mood for Love is like slow and simmering and it's like kind of serious. So I was really surprised when I watched Fallen Angels and it was like really fast and and choppy and it was actually really funny. Like I laughed out loud like a bunch of times. It it was a really good time. Um, Definitely visually way different than anything I ever seen. Um, But yeah, we also love the Asian representation. This is a movie that's not a lot of people outside of like the movie film world don't really know but really recommend it go get your criterion channel free trial mm-hmm. this is not an ad and also watch all of uh one car wise other movies um they're pretty great i must say also some of them have tony leong and he's just he's a looker you know he's just classic beautiful man yeah and such a good actor oh facts. such a good actor so facts good. facts facts Okay. Speaking of good acting, Mr. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Timmy. Timmy C. Uh, I'm dedicating this podcast to Timmy C right now. Oh gosh. I think this is newly joined my ranks of my favorite films. I added this onto the list on a whim, but it's Dune. How predictable. Um, I've seen this film maybe three times. It's based on a 1960s sci-fi novel of the same name by frank herbert um and that was like the seminal science fiction story it influenced star wars and it's been notoriously difficult to adapt because it's just a huge hunk of text and a really rich world and a lot of jargon (laughs) but it's basically set far into the future um in this galaxy this thing called spice or melange is the most coveted resource and it fuels intergalactic travel it fuels not magic but some people's powers it's it it follows this boy named paul who is the son of a duke and the emperor um has just commanded that the duke and his family including paul move to arrakis where all the spice is located and there's a lot of like politics involved um, between the emperor the royal houses between the royal houses themselves between the colonizers of arrakis and the native peoples that live there um, between the shadow religious group that secretly runs the whole operation behind the scenes Denis Villeneuve does a great job. Um, He's a great director. He is, he is. And this is coming from someone who fell asleep in Blade Runner 2049. So I will say (laughs) Dune will hopefully not have the same effect on you. Dune. So I I have to say, I haven't watched Dune yet. uh, Which is a little remiss on my part, but I just didn't have the time. And I've been meaning to watch it. And I just got HBO Max. But 
Actually, I've been using my friend's account, but <laughs> we've both it's been not using on the there anymore. Account. We have it's been. Not, it's Shout not. out to you, Jackie. Woo! Love you, Jack. Oh. <laughs> when I think of Dune, I think of like the vastness of the world and its characters. And I was wondering, like, for you, like, did it ever feel like too like discombobulated? Obviously, I came into it having read the book, so I had a lot of like knowledge guiding me. But I went with a friend who had no knowledge of Dune whatsoever and she found mm. it decently easy to follow but i've also like met people okay. who had like no idea what the heck went on in the entire like two and a half hours so music mm. uh, music is so, so good hans zimmer freaking he left tenet for this movie right. like i mean something you know him and nolan go way uh, back and you know do. dune was just so too important to let go yeah yeah I'm I'm excited to watch this movie and sort of the themes that it runs through. And I heard there's going to be a sequel. Is that true? Yes. Right after the yes. premiere, they like officially greenlit the sequel, and I'm hyped. And our and our little boy Timmy C, who I'm kind of mad about nowadays, but you know, because mm. he's like, because he's so like, like mainstream now. You know, like <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I feel niche. like that makes me like he's not niche anymore. Like. Call him by your name, made him, he was niche then, and now he's, like, mainstream of heel, which is just, like, okay, you know, but. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to share you with, like, five million other teenage girls. Uh, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, also, quick shout out to the very sexy Duke Leto, as played by Oscar Isaac, and Oscar Isaac grows a great beard for this film. So, (laughs) if. If for nothing else. Oh my gosh, Angie, the thirst. <laughs> the thirst. This is my oh type man. of year. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. He's I'm kidding. he's so he's so he's he's kinda mad to me, but okay. You know, mm. whatever floats agree your boat. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, More agree for me to then. disagree. There you go. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh mm-hmm. we went through our top three movies e- or most impactful movies each. Well, thanks for joining our first episode. If you like what you heard, make sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever we publish this. We post episodes every month or whenever we want. And slide into our DMs. Um, follow our letterbox at Richard Chen 808 and at Angie J. Lin. That's L-I-N. And go hug your mom. You know, just do that. She loves you. She probably does. She she does love you. She loves you. Especially because of wolf children. Right. Anyways. (laughs) 